St. Teresa of Avila, taken from the Wednesday, 2nd of February, 2011, audience of Pope Benedict XVI in the Pope Paul VI Audience Hall. This is a Discerning Hearts recording read by Chris McGregor and taken from Holy Men and Women of the Middle Ages and Beyond, published by Ignatius Press, whose permission was granted for this audio recording. Dear brothers and sisters, in the course of the catechesis that I have chosen to dedicate to the fathers of the Church and to great theologians and women of the Middle Ages, I have also had the opportunity to reflect on certain saints proclaimed doctors of the Church on account of the eminence of their teaching. Today, I would like to begin a brief series of meetings to complete the presentation on the doctors of the Church, and I am beginning with a saint who is one of the peaks of Christian spirituality of all time. St. Teresa of Avila, also known as St. Teresa of Jesus. St. Teresa, whose name was Teresa de Cepeda y Almada, was born in Avila, Spain in 1515. In her autobiography, she mentions some details of her childhood. She was born in a large family with a father and a mother who were devout and feared God. She had three sisters and nine brothers. While she was still a child, and not yet nine years old, she had the opportunity to read the lives of several martyrs which inspired her in such a longing for martyrdom that she briefly ran away from home in order to die a martyr's death and to go to heaven. I want to see God, the little girl told her parents. A few years later, Teresa was to speak of her childhood reading and to state that she had discovered in it the way of truth, which sums up in two fundamental principles. On the one hand was the fact that all things of this world will pass away, while on the other, God alone is forever, ever, ever. A topic that recurs in her best-known poem, Let nothing disturb you, let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. She was about 12 years old when her mother died, and she implored the Virgin Most Holy to be her mother. If in her adolescence the reading of profane books had led to the distractions of a worldly life, her experience as a pupil of the Augustinian nuns of Santa Maria de la Gracias de Avila and her reading of spiritual books, especially the classics of Franciscan spirituality, introduced her to recollection and prayer. When she was 20, she entered the Carmelite Monastery of the Incarnation, also in Avila. In her religious life, she took the name Teresa of Jesus. Three years later, she fell seriously ill, so ill that she remained in a coma for four days, looking as if she were dead. In the fight against her own illnesses, too, the saint saw the combat against weakness and the resistance to God's call. I wish to live, she wrote, but I saw clearly that I was not living, but rather wrestling with the shadow of death. There was no one to give me life, and I was not able to take it. He who could have given it to me had good reasons for not coming to my aid, seeing that he had brought me back to himself so many times and I, as often, had left him. 
1543, she lost the closeness of her relatives. Her father died, and all her siblings, one after another, emigrated to America. In Lent in 1554, she was 39 years old. Teresa reached the climax of her struggle against her own weaknesses. The fortuitous discovery of the statue of a Christ most grievously wounded left a deep mark in her life. The saint who in that period felt deeply in tune with the Saint Augustine of the Confessions thus describes the decisive day of her mystical experience. And a feeling of the presence of God would come over me unexpectedly so that I could in no wise doubt either that he was within me or that I was wholly absorbed in him. Parallel to her inner development, the saint began in practice to realize her ideal of the reform of the Carmelite order. In 1562, she founded the first reformed Carmel in Avila with the support of the city's bishop, Don Alabaro de Mendoza, and shortly afterward also received the approval of John Baptiste Rossi, the order's superior general. In the years that followed, she continued her foundations of new Carmelite convents, 17 in all. Her meeting with St. John of the Cross was fundamental. With him, in 1568, she set up the first convent of Discalced Carmelites in Duarillo, not far from Avila. In 1580, she obtained from Rome the authorization for her reformed Carmels as a separate, autonomous province. That was the starting point for the Discalced Carmelite order. Indeed, Teresa's earthly life ended while she was in the middle of her founding activities. She died on the night of 15th of October, 1582, in Alba de Tolme, after setting up the Carmelite convent in Burgos, while on her way back to Avila. Her last humble words were, After all, I die as a daughter of the Church. And, O oh my Lord and my spouse, the hour that I have longed for has come. It is time to meet one another. Teresa spent her entire life for the whole church. Although she spent it in Spain, she was beatified by Pope Paul V in 1614 and canonized by Gregory XV in 1622. The servant of God, Paul VI, proclaimed her a doctor of the church in 1970. Teresa of Jesus had no academic education, but always set great store by the teachings of theologians, men of letters, and spiritual teachers. As a writer, she always adhered to what she had lived through personally or had seen in the experience of others. In other words, basing herself on her own first-hand knowledge. Teresa had the opportunity to build up relations of spiritual friendship with many saints and with St. John of the Cross in particular. At the same time, she nourished herself by reading the Fathers of the Church, St. Jerome, St. Gregory the Great, and St. Augustine. Among her most important works, we should mention first of all her autobiography, The Book of Her Life, which she called Book of the Lord's Mercies. Written in the Carmelite convent at Avila in 1565, she describes the biographical and spiritual journey, as she herself says, 
to submit her soul to the discernment of the master of things spiritual, St. John of Avila. Her purpose was to highlight the presence and action of the merciful God in her life. For this reason, the work often cites her dialogue and prayer with the Lord. It makes fascinating reading because not only does the saint recount that she is reliving the profound experience of her relationship with God, but she demonstrates it. In 1566, Teresa wrote The Way of Perfection, recommendations and advice that Teresa of Jesus offers to her sisters. It was composed for the Twelve Novices of the Carmel of St. Joseph in Avila. Teresa proposes to them an intense program of contemplative life at the service of the Church, at the root of which are the evangelical virtues and prayer. Among the most precious passages is her commentary on the Our Father as a model for prayer. St. Teresa's most famous mystical work, The Interior Castle. She wrote it in 1577 when she was in her prime. It is a reinterpretation of her own spiritual journey and at the same time a codification of the possible development of Christian life toward its fullness, holiness, under the action of the Holy Spirit. Teresa refers to the structure of a castle with seven rooms as an image of human interiority. She simultaneously introduces the symbol of the silkworm reborn as a butterfly in order to express the passage from the natural to the supernatural. The saint draws inspiration from sacred scripture, particularly the Song of Songs, for the final symbol for the bride and the bridegroom, which enables her to describe in the seventh room the four crowning aspects of Christian life, the Trinitarian, the Christological, the Anthropological, and the Ecclesial. St. Teresa devoted the Book of Foundations, which she wrote between 1573 and 1582, to her activity as foundress of the Reformed Carmels. In this book, she speaks of the life of the nascent religious group. This account, like her autobiography, was written above all in order to give prominence to God's action in the work of founding new monasteries. It is far from easy to sum up in a few words Teresa's profound and articulate spirituality. I would like to mention a few essential points. In the first place, St. Teresa proposes the evangelical virtues as the basis of all Christian and human life, and in particular, detachment from possessions, that is, evangelical poverty. And this concerns all of us. Love for one another as an essential element of community and social life Humility as love for the truth, determination as a fruit of Christian daring, theological hope, which she describes as the thirst for living water. Then we should not forget the human virtues, affability, truthfulness, modesty, courtesy, cheerfulness, culture. Secondly, St. Teresa proposes a profound harmony with the great biblical figures and eager listening to the Word of God. She feels above all closely in tune with the Bride in the Song of Songs, and with the Apostle Paul, as well as with Christ in the Passion, and with Jesus in the Eucharist. The saint then stresses how essential prayer is. Praying, she says, means being on terms of friendship with God, frequently conversing in secret with Him who, we know, loves us. 
St. Teresa's idea coincides with Thomas Aquinas' definition of theological charity as a type of human friendship with God who offered humanity his friendship first. It is from God that the initiative comes. Prayer is life and develops gradually in pace with the growth of Christian life. It begins with vocal prayer, passes through interiorization by means of meditation and recollection until it attains the union of love with Christ and with the Holy Trinity. Obviously, in the development of prayer, climbing to the highest steps does not mean abandoning the previous type of prayer. Rather, it is a gradual deepening of the relationship with God that envelops the whole of life. Rather than a pedagogy, Teresa's is a true mystagogy of prayer. She teaches those who read her works how to pray by praying with them. Indeed, she often interrupts her account or exposition with a prayerful outburst. Another subject dear to the saint is the centrality of Christ's humanity. For Teresa, in fact, Christian life is the personal relationship with Jesus that culminates in union with him through grace, love, and imitation. Hence the importance she attaches to meditation on the Passion and on the Eucharist as the presence of Christ in the Church for the life of every believer and as the heart of the liturgy. St. Teresa lives out unconditional love for the Church. She shows a lively, a census ecclesia in the face of the episodes of division and conflict in the Church of her time. She reformed the Carmelite order with the intention of serving and defending the Holy Roman Catholic Church and was willing to give her life for the Church. A final essential aspect of Theresian doctrine, which I would like to emphasize, is perfection as the aspiration of the whole of Christian life and as its ultimate goal. The saint has a very clear idea of the fullness of Christ, relived by the Christian. At the end of the route through the interior castle, in the last room, Teresa describes this fullness achieved in the indwelling of the Trinity in union with Christ through the mystery of his humanity. Dear brothers and sisters, St. Teresa of Jesus is a true teacher of Christian life for the faithful of every time. In our society, which all too often lacks spiritual values, St. Teresa teaches us to be unflagging witnesses of God, of his presence, and of his action. She teaches us truly to feel this thirst for God that exists in the depths of our hearts, this desire to see God, to seek God, and to be in conversation with him, and to be his friends. This is the friendship we all need, which we must seek anew day after day. May the example of this saint, profoundly contemplative and effectively active, spur us to every day to dedicate the right time to prayer, to this openness to God, to this journey in order to seek God, to see Him, to discover His friendship, and so to find true life. Indeed, many of us should truly say, I am not alive. I am not truly alive because I do not live the essence of my life. Therefore, time devoted to prayer 
is not time wasted. It is time in which the path of life unfolds. The path unfolds to learning from God an ardent love for Him, for His church, and practical charity for our brothers and sisters. You've been listening to the chapter on St. Teresa of Avila found in Holy Men and Women of the Middle Ages and Beyond by Pope Benedict XVI, published by Ignatius Press, and whose permission was granted for this audio recording. This has been a Discerning Hearts recording. I am Chris McGregor.